You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. Welcome, welcome back to back to the show, show, show. Welcome back to Interview with a Comic Book Nerd. My name is Richard Cardenas. I am your host. How's everyone doing? How are you guys doing this week? I'm doing okay. Not too bad. I think that's my answer every single week, but I think it's the honest truth. Things are good. Eh, they're okay. Anyway, so let's start off the show. I have a recap for you. This is going to be Batman number 22. This is part of the Button storyline that DC is doing or was doing. I think it's over right now. But this is part three of four, and this is Batman number 22. So just a little bit of background about what's going on over here. Uh, Basically, DC is kind of mixing in the Watchmen with the DC Universe. And a lot of people are upset about it. And some people are like, cool, you brought back the style that I love. It's pre-New 52 situations going on. I think you've probably heard me talk about New 52 rebirth and stuff on the show. Hopefully you've heard it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I've talked about it before where I'm a little confused. So anyway, there's this button. It's a smiley face button. It's yellow and has some blood on it. And this is, um, I don't know the character's name, Mr. Happy or... The comedian, there you go. It's the comedian's button. And Batman found it at some point. It just like appeared in his bat cave. And what's happened in the two issues prior to this one was that the reverse flash shows up in the bat cave and basically beats the living shit out of Batman. And he ends up uh, warping somewhere. When he comes back, he basically burns up and dies. He's like, I saw God and dies. And then the next issue is the Flash issue, number 21, and that's part two of the button. And in that issue, he gets Batman to, you know, Alfred, and he gets all healed up and stuff. And he builds this machine to try to figure, or like this uh, treadmill machine to try to figure out what happened to reverse Flash. So he's basically trying to track down his movement and Batman's like, hey, I'm coming with you. If you're going to be, you know, figuring this shit out, we need to figure out if he actually saw God, like what, what is going on? This has to do with the button. It has to. So they end up using the treadmill to go track down where the reverse flash went. And it turns out that they went back to when Bruce Wayne's father was Batman. In that reality, Bruce Wayne and his mother died instead of his parents. And then his father, Thomas Wayne, becomes Batman. And so that's how the last issue ended. And this is part three, and that's kind of where we pick up. Oh, I guess I forgot to tell you who wrote it and who uh, drew it. Where I'm trying to find the page. I'm on Comixology. That's how I read my books usually. Okay. Um, This isn't telling me first names. I cannot find the page. But basically, <laughs> I'll tell you their last names uh, unless I find the page eventually. I'm just still skipping through it, and I don't see a, a, a page of all the people who are involved. Anyway, I'll read the, uh, the, the people on the front cover. So I'm guessing the writer is Williamson, and then the artists are King, Fabic, and Anderson. I'm so sorry. I should be way more prepared than this, but I'm not because I suck. Well, anyway, so it picks up with... Uh, Thomas and he's kind of reflecting on everything that's happened and it turns out that Wonder Woman and Aquaman were in a war together and then they decided to team up with each other and go against Batman Thomas Batman and they're sending their people out to go to his home and to destroy him and Batman has a plan to just like kill everyone including himself and that's when the Flash and Bruce show up and so uh, at first Thomas doesn't think that any of it's real because last time he checked, the Flash had come and told him he was going to reset everything. And now he's back again and he's really confused. So while they eventually convince Thomas that, no, this is real. Bruce is alive. He's here. This is who he is. 
And the Flash is like, I'm going to start working on the treadmill. I need to fix it again. Give me like a minute. And Tommy's is like, we don't have a minute because there's an army coming down right now. He's like, well, figure it out. So the two Batmans basically team up and start fighting this army. And uh, eventually Bruce and Thomas start talking about everything. And I guess Thomas left Bruce a letter at some point and, you know, Bruce read it and they start reflecting on the past. And Bruce is like, hey, do you remember when I fell down that cave, what you told me? And they have like this really nice moment and it's all nice and everything. I liked it. It was really sweet. Read it. And uh, eventually the Flash gets the treadmill working again. And he's like, all right, we got to go. And Bruce is like, please come with me. Please come with me. And Thomas is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he's like basically telling him, hey, promise me one thing. Like, stop being the Batman when you get back don't be the Batman anymore. Live your life. Be happy. You know, be a father to your son and everything. And it kind of is left with that. Um, Bruce and the Flash get on the treadmill and Thomas is left there and he breaks the, the machine or the little explosive thing that he was going to use before they got there to kill everyone. And uh, the Flash and Bruce run away on the treadmill and Bruce is like, we have to go back and save him. And flashes tells him we can't because that world is basically no longer like it doesn't exist. It's gone. We can't go back. And then they see the flash. I mean, sorry, the reverse flash and he's running alongside them. And they're like, wait, how is this even possible? And he's like, the flash says, Oh, he's not alive again. It's just that we're caught up to his past to where he was running if that makes any sense, it does. Uh, you'll have to read it. But uh, yeah, so now they are basically going after him. And that's kind of how it ends. That's how number 22 ends, part three of The Button. So check out that little mini story that's going on there. I think there's another uh, story event going on now or is about to happen called The Doomsday Clock, where I think it all comes together. Uh, I think I heard number four ends with Dr. Manhattan. I'm not really sure about that. But I'm going to be reading that soon enough, I think. Anyway, let me talk a little bit about what I did this weekend. Just one little thing, which is basically I watched The Dark Crystal for the first time because there was so much buzz about the, that Netflix is making the prequel to The Dark Crystal and everyone's losing their shit over it. So I was like, you know what? I've never seen The Dark Crystal. I'm going to watch it now. Jesus, I watched it and it is dark <laughs> I, did, I always thought that this was like a kid's thing and sure I mean Jim Henson's puppets and everything but it is dark and um I liked it I enjoyed watching it it's very slow which is you know the thing that I've heard um about the movie this whole time but uh, I really enjoyed it and now thinking about the prequel I think what I read was that it's gonna be about three Gelflings that are basically trying to stop the Skeksis. And I think that's interesting. I, I don't know that they could have any other story because the movie is kind of like a definitive ending as far as the Skeksis and the uh, Mystics. And so I am interested now. I wonder what they're going to do. Apparently they're going to still keep the whole like Jim Henson puppets thing going on. So... I'm really fascinated to see what they do with the show. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just wanted to let you guys know that I did that because I feel like that was a little bit of a milestone for me. Anyway, this interview that you guys are about to hear is with Megan Fitzmartin. She is the co-host of the Wine and Comics podcast, and she's here to talk about Mr. Fantastic, a.k.a. Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four. So enjoy the episode. The interview, that's what I meant to say, was the interview. Enjoy the interview. And also, once you're done with that, make sure you check out her podcast because it's really fun. And here it is. Grab the wine. The most important part. The most important part of it. In honor of your show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling um, you, it's not real podcasting if I don't get the wine. <laughs> Megan, you are on my show. <laughs> 
Uh, everyone, this is Megan Fitzmartin. Uh, she's one of the co-hosts of uh, Wine and Comics, which is a great uh, podcast mm-hmm. if you want to learn a little bit more about comic books. Um, but what we're here today for is, or who we're here today for is Reed Richards, Mr. Yes. Fantastic, uh, of the Fantastic Four. Now, my knowledge isn't very wide. This is like the impression <laughs> I get of him is that he's kind of like, he. I, I believe he loves his family, uh-huh. but he's kind of like science first okay all right <laughs> and then and and like he's super smart he's like one of the smartest people in the universe right okay and, the smartest and he's person. stretchy yeah. and that's yep. pretty yep. much that's pretty much what i know <laughs> <laughs> that's a solid amount Look okay at that. <laughs> but that's that's and that's the thing like everyone everyone in uh in in the world of comics like that's i feel like that's all that they know about reed richards because mm-hmm. He's not the the character that everyone kind of immediately goes to. Right. Um, I'll tell people that I love the Fantastic Four, and they'll be like, "Like the movie?" I'm like, <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> no, clearly not. <laughs> um, yeah, he like he has this this uh, reputation across Marvel comics as being this like cold, like kind of calculating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I one time I was telling I was telling a friend of mine that uh, Mr. Fantastic is my favorite. Uh, uh, superhero of all time, and he goes, "Is it like doesn't he hate people? Like, he just <laughs> doesn't love people." And I was like, "How dare you?" <laughs> because I think that's the the exact opposite of who Reed Richards is. Oh, the okay. It doesn't um, come across in, in uh, some well, that's, stories. That's the thing. So, it, it, and it, I, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna kind of pull from different different archetype characters that mm. that he reminds me of because it's a very similar, um, it's very similar to the character of Sherlock Holmes okay. in the fact that. Everyone's like, oh, well, Sherlock doesn't care about anyone. And it's the fact that he is such an empath that, like, he has to shut it down because he doesn't believe that emotions are part of logic. Mm. And so, you know, everyone's the the Moffat universe of Sherlock is that, like, oh, well, Sherlock Holmes is a is basically this this uh, sociopath because he like doesn't love anyone. And it's like, no, it's the exact opposite. It's because it's because he loves so much that he reacts in this way because he wants to be logical and he wants to like shut down all emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Reed is very similar to this. Reed is very much like, I mean, he's so passionate. Like the, the Reed Richards before Fantastic Four was this like really smart, like he went off to college at a really young age. He had a terrible home life. His dad's a jerk. His dad is also a genius mm-hmm. and had these high standards for Reed. Um, uh, but that he like ad- adhered to and like lived up to because he goes to college, he go like goes to a number of universities and gets a number of science degrees <laughs> uh-huh. uh, because he's the smartest person in the Marvel universe. Uh, and he he goes and gets all of these degrees, and then he kind of becomes this like weird Indiana Jones type figure for a little bit. Like he goes on these adventures, like these these very impassioned like. Uh, adventures out into like studying studying the world and like studying like getting these particular artifacts that for science and things like that like Uh he's very passionate but it's because we look at when we look at science we look at very like contained we don't look at passion as part of someone who loves science Mm -hmm. um and i mean the very the the very uh inaugural mission that turned all of the fantastic four into the fantastic four is this crazy ride that Reed was like, guys, let's do this. Like, <laughs> why did they? So I think what you're alluding to is they go to space, right? So yeah, so they go to space. Uh, Reed was part of this, part of this endeavor. Um, he was part of this, this whole like, different, different stories, different takes on the, the origin story, whatever. Essentially the project that he was working on was, was that it wasn't safe enough. It, it just wasn't like they doubted Reed and he was like, no, this is fine. Like it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. And he got his best friend, Ben Grimm, who is the opposite of science, but is also once again, a very passionate person. Like Ben Grimm loves fiercely, fights fiercely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is Reed's best friend. There's something in, in Ben that like Reed acknowledges and, and is like, attracted in a platonic way too, like mm-hmm. that calls to him. And so Ben was like, I'll, I'll totally pilot this for you. They said that in college and Reed takes them up on it. Sue. So this was like a thing that Reed wanted to do for quite a while. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, he talked about going, he talked about like kind of 
going to hyperspace, like hyperspace is one version of it. Like I said, there there's different retcons on the mm-hmm. whole backstory of it all, but like essentially going up into the space, like the space of it all. Right. That was what we wanted to do for various different missions, for various different reasons. Negative zone could be one, various different zones could be another, whatever. Mm-hmm. The point being, he wanted to go on this mission out into space and he wanted to do it with this group of people that he considered as close to family because he's not close to his family. Mom, he doesn't mention a mom ever and his dad's a douche. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um, so but these people are his family and he wants to do this with them. Uh, bringing Sue, there's there, part of the backstory is that like she does, she had a lot of money and so she helps finance. Another part of the backstory is just that she's really smart. Like you can take whatever you want. She mm-hmm. ends up going with him. Brings along her kid brother. That's really never explained. <laughs> he's just there for the he's ride. He's just there because he's Johnny. Um, who's going to say no to Johnny? Um, and and uh, their relationship is something that's also really fascinating to me. Johnny and and uh, Reed's because they've known each other for so long. Mm-hmm. And they they have such a different relationship than like Reed and Ben, which is very clearly best friends. And Reed and Sue, which they're lovers. Like, cool, get it. But like. There's this weird friendship slash brotherhood slash respect that, like, Johnny and Mm -hmm. Reed have. Like, there's moments where where Johnny will get in trouble and Reed's like, he'll he'll be fine. He's an adult. Like, Sue will worry and Reed's like, no, it's going to be okay. Like, it's Johnny. Johnny's fine. Or there'll be other times where, like, the Avengers will be like, hey, can we borrow Johnny? And Reed's like, you going to give him back? (laughs) (laughs) So there's... There's this weird kind of in between that I love of their relationship too. Of like, what is that? What is that? Mm-hmm. There, there's this. The dynamics of this whole team are really fascinating. Okay. And so they go up into the space station. This like crazy mission, and Reed got something wrong. Maybe for the first time in his life, he got something wrong, and that something was so devastating that it completely ruined the lives of his entire family. Mm. And that weighs on him so much throughout the rest like all of his choices kind of go back to that one decision that he made um there's a there's a really amazing run on the fantastic four by mark wade where uh reed hires a pr guy which is great that you can do that in marvel comics like you just (laughs) like have a pr guy in your comic books um and the whole team is like, why would Reed do this? Because Reed is also super humble. For being the smartest guy in this universe, mm-hmm. Reed is so humble. Like he he could he could talk circles around everyone, but he'll like let people go. Like he'll let people talk. Like mm-hmm. he'll let Tony Stark go off for a little while until he like reigns him back in. Was that something that was kind of established uh from the get-go, or is that something that he kind of evolved into? Um, from the get-go, he was never, uh, something that I bought a while ago was that they had, like, Fantastic Four on all, like, these digital, like, the digital copies of all of Fantastic Four, and I was very excited. Oh. <laughs> um, and so I read them, and, and I mean, like, the old stuff, you don't get a lot of emotionality behind. Like, you don't really get to see a lot of the, like, the most emotion that you see is when this guy named Moore shows up, who's super into Sue, mm. and reads, like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I know that I don't always treat her right, but like, <laughs> stop that. Um, but he he kind of grows into it. And you see it, it's more so something that you see out of the negative space of his character. And that's kind of the whole point of, of Reed's storyline is what you see out of the negative space of his character. Mm-hmm. What you see, like what you don't see of Reed. Right. You don't see him, unless someone's going to die, you don't see him kind of step on someone else's toes mm. unless like it's a bad situation. He just comes and he's like, what were you thinking? Like there's a, there's a moment where that happens with um, Hank Pym numerous times. Actually, that happens with Hank Pym. <laughs> Hank Pym is the worst. But <laughs> Hank Pym wants to be as smart as Reed Richards and he will never be as smart as Reed Richards. And so he like will on- constantly try and like live up to that or do these things. And there's a moment, uh, I can't remember what, what issue or what comic it was, but there's a moment where he's doing, Hank is doing something and Reed like videos in with him and is like, no, you're not allowed to do this. You cannot do this because you have not thought this through. And just the intelligence of, of the situation that he's able to kind of like navigate and realize that like, cause he's a self-proclaimed proclaimed autistic character. Oh. Like he believes that he, he's self-diagnosed autistic. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's entirely true, but I can understand like- <laughs> Okay, <laughs> yeah. I can understand why I like, um, so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting concept that like he he 
doesn't always think that he works well with people, but this mm-hmm. is one of the areas where like he chooses to not step in on people's toes and but until he has to and then he like you he you sh- he shows up in a way that you see that he's the smartest person in the room always. Mm-hmm. Right. Um so like we I don't know if we've if we've seen that, but I think that has evolved over time of like as we've seen him work with other heroes. Because normally like before it was like you had this one comic and you had this one comic right. and you had this other comic. Um, but even when like Spider-Man in the early, early issues of, um, of, uh, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man wanted to come join the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. uh, and he shows, cause he thought that they got paid and they're right. very much like, nope, <laughs> we Poe, <laughs> we sell Poe, which is another really fun thing about the Fantastic Four as a comic is that they're always like, well, we don't have money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to, how are we going to do money now? Yeah. Not always, but depending on the writer, but that's. I mean, they don't have a backstory like Tony Stark has a backstory of just like constant, like constant funding from your own wealth or like Steve who has government funding, like mm-hmm. or it's they're like Spider Man in a sense. They're like they're, yeah, they're super um, I don't know. Uh, I know that they have like the Baxter Building. Mm-hmm. So was that something that they owned or that is something that they own that they bought. And now they have to like continuously like make payments on it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like they and they have a whole like Fantastic Four like this is so dorky nerdy but like they have a fantastic four organization like they do patents like read whenever they need a large amount of money reed will write a patent he'll like discover something or he'll like create something (laughs) and like he'll sell that patent and it'll Mm. be enough money for them to to, like survive for whatever oh my god they have like a fantastic four like organization that's like part of the baxter building that johnny uh, Sue Sue puts Johnny in charge of for a little while. Like she puts Sue, uh, Johnny in charge of like the financials. And how does that go? <laughs> does not go well. <laughs> he tries really hard though. Like you get to see him be an adult, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But but at first it it's not great. It's yeah. sure not great. So and that's another moment where um, Reed and Johnny work together because this is a lot. You can cut all this out, I'm sure. But like <laughs> this is something that like um, jo- the this company wants to like take over the Fantastic Four's clothes because Mr. Fantastic can stretch so you can become invisible. Johnny Burns. Like, mm-hmm. all they, they have to have this, like, very specific type of fabric that makes them able to do all of these things. And so Reed created this particular type of fabric and uh, this company wanted to buy it from, from the Fantastic Four, from Johnny. And so, like, Johnny was kind of playing them for a little while, like, but essentially he's like, no, no, we're not going to do it. But I'll give you a swab or whatever. I'll give you like a swab of clothing or something mm-hmm. like that. And Sue gets mad because she's like, you know that those are unstable molecules. Like, you know that you can't. If those unstable molecules got into the wrong hands, blah, 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 whatever. You know, it's the worst thing. And Do he's they? like, no, I got, well, he, not Johnny's <laughs> fault. He's like, no, 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 I got it. Like, I got it. I got it. So, you know, he gives the swatch of, of clothing to, to the guy and the guy's like, they're, they're looking into it to try and figure out how to recreate it. And you see that Reed has, like, fixed these molecules to have this logo on them that's, like, you know you can't do this. And oh so, like, God. Reed and Johnny had worked together to, like, make this little swatch of clothing to, like, mess with these guys. And it's, mm. like, it's so funny that the two of them would work together to make this stupid, ridiculous prank on this person. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, going back to, uh, uh, I guess, the relationship between Johnny and, um, and Reed and just kind of like his role in our uh, Reed's role. Uh, I have read some of the origins of the Inhumans and mm. they, you know, premiered in um, Fantastic Four comics. Right. And it was always like Johnny was in love with one of them, Crystal. Right. Crystal. And uh, she gets trapped and he's like looking for her, or looking for a way to like get her out and everything. And Reed, what I really liked about him was that he was always there to like reassure Johnny, like, yes, we will find a way, but we have to like really think about this and mm-hmm. not just like charge and stuff. And there is, I think at one point, uh, he lets Johnny just go and mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? I think you got this. Go find your girl. And I always like really like that. So like you talking about the fact that he like doesn't really step on anyone's toes yeah. unless he has to. And mm-hmm. then like he lets them do what they need to do. It's mm-hmm. like. That's a great example of that one. I just like popped into my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah he exactly. is like that. <laughs> he's such a, like, he's a good leader because he doesn't like, he, he really, he wants people to be able to be on their own. Mm-hmm. Like he, he knows that no one is as smart as him. That's it. Like he knows that no one can be as smart as him, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that people aren't 
worth it. Like that people don't have stuff to, to bring to the table. And right. It's, uh, it's so um, one of the things that I don't even know is how the children came about because <laughs> Franklin and Valeria. Yes, because well, for, when like in Rain my head, and Sue love each other very much. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> um, because in my head, like they didn't have kids, and then all of a sudden they had teenagers. And well, I'm like, Wait, kind what? of. <laughs> there, Franklin. Franklin came about pretty normally, uh, as normal as the Fantastic Four can be. Um, he, there was, oh, what was it that was going on at the time? I, um, that one was kind of like a quick turnaround because it was mm-hmm. later, or I mean, it was earlier, excuse me, in the, um, in the time period to where it was like, well, she's pregnant. And right. <laughs> We're not really going to go into it. It's fine. <laughs> um, and I believe, no, 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 it's Valeria. Valeria has the more interesting life. Does she? Then Do, what is her? power because I don't really I know that Franklin is basically all powerful like reality warping and manipulating yes. and yes uh but but Reed kind of shut that part of him down oh. yeah because the there there's a whole thing with like the um I can't remember it's been so long since I read that one but like it's uh there was like a god that was like trying to take him over and then Reed was like for the greater good I'm going to shut this part of your power down in your mm. brain but then Sue lost her mind because it was oh, like, geez. how? That's my kid. Like, you can't do, I understand that this was a problem, but you cannot do that. Um, and then, uh, so that she almost divorced him. Like, they, wow. they, like, she wrote up the papers to divorce him. And oh, then, Jesus. And then they worked it out. Um, they have a very tumultuous relationship, but I actually really love it. Uh, but, so I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure, like, Franklin... Sometimes he's an adult and then he comes back to a child. That that that's right. That's right. He like was an adult for a minute, but they didn't know it was Franklin. And then he it, and then he revealed that it was Franklin. There was a lot of stuff that like happened back then that you're like, this is mm-hmm. such a stretch. <laughs> um, and Valeria did the same thing. Valeria, uh, future Valeria came back, like teenage Valeria. And I've been trying to find this comic because I read this when I was way young. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to find this comic. I was thinking about it today where like it's teenage Valeria and like baby Valeria. Oh yeah. Just like running around together. Just like helping like Valeria. Cause it was later. I'm pretty sure that was in the nineties, but like it was Valeria helping her mom. Um, Cause she couldn't get back to her time period mm. or for whatever reason or something like that. And I mean, they retconned. I'm pretty sure they retconned that Valeria, but um, yeah, like they, the, the fantastic four children have had like, and now, and Valeria is, super smart and Valeria I can speak more to the birth of because that one happened more recently where Sue got pregnant I'm pretty sure Valeria was a miracle baby and then she like gave birth in the negative zone Mm. and like it it was so problematic that they had to like Valeria's birth was so rough that they had to call Dr. Doom to come and help and that's why her name is Valeria because Doctor Doom, like that was Doctor Doom's payment for helping uh, in the birth of of the baby, was that he would be able to name their daughter. So he named her with a V, just like himself. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he named her after his old flame in oh. Liberia. Oh, that's weird. It gets weirder because <laughs> he uses oh, this is a late like in two thousand. Two, I believe Mark Wade wrote uh, a really great run, had a really great run on Fantastic Four, and and kind of brings that back in and like brings that all back around about like how how it was like yeah so Valeria was uh, Doom's lover that he killed. Um, not not the Valeria, but the ba- no yeah 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 no not the Valeria okay. not our <laughs> not Valeria Richards okay Valeria from Latveria. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful right? the names in this universe <laughs> i can't um, um yeah. speaking of dr doom um mm-hmm. i know in the movies they show that he goes off and like gets his powers along with the fantastic four is that how it happens in the comics no no okay no um dr doom so when dr doom met reed in college and he was like oh cool somebody who is of the same intelligence level of me we are only mortal enemies. <laughs> Immediately. It's such a jump. <laughs> like, the, I mean, there's there's 
there is some school of that. There's some comics that say that like they were friends first. There's some where he was just like, nope, don't like you. Mm. Like just straight <laughs> up. Um, but they were regret they, they begrudgingly worked together on this um this project essentially that Dr. Doom wanted to to do. He wanted to go and see his mother. Um but his mother was dead. And so he wanted to create this like portal thing to heaven to see his mother. And Reed is like, bro, not going to work. Like, it's not going to work. There's no way it can work. Here's why it won't work. And Doom got so mad at him and did it anyway. And the whole thing blew up and he blamed Reed. And it blew up in his face, which is why he wears that awful mask Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And he doesn't really have powers. He's just mean. He's just evil. Okay. Um, Yeah, the the most recent Fantastic Four movie has him as having powers. And I'm like, no, that Mm. didn't happen. He just doesn't have a great face. (laughs) That's his big power. Um, There you go. They're in the the run that I was referencing, which is the the run that I reference a lot is the Mark Wade run, which is the one that started me on Fantastic Four in the first place. And then I would go back and I would read all the different ones. Um, but he like goes in and tries to do magic and he like tries to get power just because he doesn't have any, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting as him for him as a villain, because he's one of the best and most terrifying Marvel villains, mm. um, and is in a lot of different Marvel stories, not just the fantastic four, right? but he's not a, he doesn't have powers. He's kind of like That's the Joker. That's interesting in because sense. especially with, um, you know, like Secret Wars where he, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really understand what led up to that. I know that it right. had something to do with like the Illuminati and all that stuff. But then like he basically becomes God. Well, and that's because the Molecule Man gave him those godlike powers. Oh, okay. In the Secret Wars. Yeah. Okay. Because he's like technically keeping the Molecule Man as like a pet mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, um, but at the end of that run, Molecule Man's like, cool. You're terrible, Dr. Doom. <laughs> Turns out you're the worst. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give these godlike powers to Reed, which is also a bad <laughs> idea. But <laughs> um, So going back to Reed, uh, does he, probably not, but does he feel any like responsibility for what happened to Doom? Or is he just like, well, no. you did that to yourself and... He feels a lot of guilt for a lot of things. That is not one of the things that he <laughs> nice. feels guilt for. <laughs> Good. He's like, I told him. I wasn't there. I tried to help him. Mm-hmm. You did this yourself, boo. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I think that it's really funny because he, like, Doom, Doom is the one that's like, we're enemies. <laughs> and Reed's like, mother, like, <laughs> I told you. Yeah. I don't know what you want. Like, what more do you want? Like, he never, I feel like Doom thinks about Reed Richards all the time and Reed Richards thinks about him none of the time. That would Unless make he's sense. in front of him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, in in the Marvel universe, a lot of times the when you have the really really smart people, I don't know if it's a lot. I'm just assuming, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they do something that's not so great. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm specifically thinking of Hank Pym creating oh, Ultron Pym. and yes, uh, you know situations like that. Right now, uh, Tony Stark's AI is maybe gonna go evil. Sure. Um, so for the second time, because mind you, we already had uh, Tony Stark's. Um, oh, I can't think of what the the. Uh, anyway, Joe Fried. No, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I don't just, remember. I'll, I never I'm just remember. Making up names it's like, like it starts with an E. I never remember it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But now. Uh, has Reed ever done anything questionable like that? Or all the time? Good. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Reed only makes questionable choices. <laughs> okay. Which is why I love him. But yeah, almost every choice that he makes is so questionable. And he has like he has all of these different factors going on, right? Like there's a there's a panel that we've seen one time, I think it was around Civil War, where uh, he's playing chess with Tony, uh, Tony Stark. And you realize that they're playing like five or six or seven different chess games. Like, oh, like it's just them two are just playing. Them two. Okay. All like they're just playing all of it, like on a whole bunch of different layers or something like that. And that I feel like is read all the time. <laughs> um, he's just constantly judging every particular game that he can play and so uh yeah he's made a ton of very questionable choices to the point where i'm having a hard time thinking of one specifically (laughs) like he is there a there is uh is there a decision where he really pisses off sue all the time all the time as well (laughs) also all the time like sue is a saint 
Really? <laughs> I don't know how she <laughs> but she does. Like, he was on Tony's side for Civil War is one of the major points of their in their relationship. Um, and Tony was for superhuman superhero registration. Yeah, okay. exactly. And she was like, no, <laughs> that's a terrible call. Let's not do that. And that like, I mean, the, the whole and the whole point of Fantastic Four is that they're a family. Mm-hmm. They're they're together in things. And so it's really interesting in, in circumstances and situations like Civil War that br- like that burrow into the Fantastic Four and like tear them all apart. Mm. And so Reed was in the Illuminati at the time, uh, but he it wasn't so much that he made the decision to to uh, side with Tony in terms of registration, because at the time he was also participating in this particular project. I can't remember the name of it, where um, he was kind of like seeing the future and like kind of seeing like the variables and was weighing the fact that like this was a, he had a lot of other things going on. He did. It wasn't necessarily that he thought that registration was good, mm-hmm. but he also was like, I don't want my family to die and mm-hmm. had some sort of like he was part of this other project that was like it seemed like it was going to happen that like his family would die. And so he's like, no, <laughs> so I don't want that. So I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. Um, but Sue like was livid because this is this is Reed's problem is that he never talks to his family. Like uh-huh. he never really consults them. He makes, and this is an area where he's like a bad leader. He never makes the decision as a team. Like he tries to, there are times when he does, but like on these big decisions, like civil war, he's like, this is what we're doing. And they're like, <laughs> but it's calculated for it him, is. right? Like but he's he really yeah. thinking about every variable. He just doesn't go to the people it's going to affect. Right. And he, because he doesn't want them to hurt. Like he's always doing this to protect them. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it goes back to his core wound of bringing his friends up in a space station that wasn't safe or a mm-hmm. spaceship that wasn't safe and ruining their lives. Like it's not really ruining their lives. They, they became so powerful. They, they had all of these things, but like, Ben, the the biggest failure in Reed's life is that he's never been able to figure out how to turn, mm, like how to yeah. make something that Ben can like turn his power off and on. The rest of them can turn their power off and on. Reed can't kind of, he's just always stretchy, but he can like contain it. Mm-hmm. But Ben can never turn his power off and on. And that's like the biggest failure in his life is that he was never able to figure out like that, that always eludes him. Right. And, and so, for people who may not know, weirdos ben (laughs) ben is the thing and he's like the big rocky orange guy the rock guy (laughs) the thing yes (laughs) um and so his family always weighs on him and so he's always trying to protect them because he didn't protect them before and now they're this and so he always will make these decisions to protect them but he doesn't really see that like if he would just talk to them it'd probably be a better course Mm -hmm. of action but it goes back to him being the smartest person in the room yeah, like, you're not gonna understand. I'm just gonna make this choice. Yeah, um, there are times uh, that the Fantastic Four will maybe drop a member and bring someone in. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is Reed with that? Does he like receptive to it? Does he is he the one suggesting this or like how does he react to all that? Yeah, he's. Uh, they're all pretty receptive to it. Those are definitely my least favorite of the Fantastic <laughs> Four issues. I don't like reading those as much. Um, but like, for instance, when the Civil War happened and, and Sue and Reed had to go off and like work on their marriage, uh-huh. like uh, Storm and Black Panther were part of. Whoa. The, yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. OK, um, that's interesting. It's really cool. And so, um, I mean, She-Hulk, whenever thing left, mm-hmm. which was upsetting for everybody, but like She-Hulk stepped in for a time. And so it's always kind of the like it always is a decision that makes sense. And I think that it's a lot of Reed being super calculated of like, well, we'll have you come in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and like Spider-Man's been a part of it. Like they there's been a lot of people that have been a part of it. They work fine. There's always something that's off. Cause there's yeah. there's then it becomes more of a function and less right, of a family. Right. Which yeah. is what I'm always here for. I'm here <laughs> for the painful, like. I'm here for the breakfast conversations that always <laughs> arise in the Fantastic Four comics. Like yeah. other people hate them. Uh, my co-host Topher hates uh, Topher hates these things. Like 
he <laughs> he hates the emotional moments that happen in in comic books. He hates the all like, about the action. Oh my gosh, he wants it to be action all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> so yeah, I love those moments that happen within the Fantastic Four that happen less when there's a new team member. Um, there, I, and I can I I I go kind of both ways on that one yeah. because. What what I usually respond to is when there's a big action thing that happens and then everything's very emotional yeah, afterwards. The like I'm really responsive to that kind of I stuff. I get that. Yeah. Totally. Um, do you know or can you think of anything that uh, Reed Richards like anything in his life that was kind of like a defining moment for him or that like was kind of like major for his character to have to do or to choose or anything like that? I mean, are you talking about before the comics, during the comics? Anytime. Um, I mean, I feel like I've said this a couple of times. Like the him taking his friends up into mm-hmm. the spaceship, I think is the most defining moment of who he is now. Um, because before he didn't really have a lot of responsibilities. He was only engaged to Sue, mm-hmm. not for very long, actually. Like they, she was in love with him. Like he came to the boarding house that her aunt ran. Her aunt ran, mm-hmm. and uh, she was like, "I love you," and he's like. I'm six years older than you. <laughs> this is creepy. No. Um, and, but then like they, they met up later in life and, and it fell in love. And, but he wasn't like super responsible for, for them. And like, he wasn't really responsible. Like he just wasn't, he was a, a responsible human. He didn't make terrible, stupid choices, mm-hmm. but like he could kind of be willy nilly. But this was, this was the thing that like he, that tied his whole family to him. Um, and so I feel like that's the moment that like defines so much of his life is that is that moment when he goes up into the space station and, and royally screwed over all of his friends. And yeah, um, the moment that he wasn't smart enough. <laughs> that sounds so tough, especially for someone like him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, do you. OK, so. We're, we're nearing the end. Um, do you have any uh, recommendations for people to for any like stories or runs or anything that they should be reading if they all of it just start from number one um i mean number one is really good you meet the mole man who's great uh the mole man the mole man i know who he is Uh, yes (laughs) terrible villains that make no sense so (laughs) weird for it um but I, I think, I mean, the first comic that I got that got me into reading the Fantastic Four and, and made me really, really love it um, and kind of explained Reed to me in a way that I feel like nobody had really been writing him up until that point. So I'm glad that I read him first mm-hmm. was Mark Wade's run. It was Mark Wade writing and um, Mike Waringa drawing and it's beautiful and uh, the stories are great and, and read the whole run because I think it's like if you get the trades, it's like five trades. He wrote it for a long time and it, it's so beautifully I like Mark Wade is one of my favorite comic book writers. He's just so wonderful and he he does those heartbreaking emotional moments so well. Um, and so I would totally recommend that. And then I would also recommend uh, a more recent run done by Jonathan Hickman when he took over who Jonathan Hickman was running Marvel for. I, I don't know if he's still running Marvel. I think he I'm I'm. Um, they stopped printing Fantastic Four comics, so yeah. I'm a little upset with them right now. <laughs> yeah. um, but he did. I, I mean, he's the one that wrote um, Secret Wars, like uh, kind of spearheaded that. It was spearheading Marvel Creative for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he might still be. Um, and uh, when he first started writing Fantastic Four, uh, he did a three-issue run on Reed. And oh. it's just Reed. Wow, okay. And it's perfect. Like, I was so nervous that this new writer coming into to Fantastic Four, and I was like, I just don't know if you're going to write Reed well. I just don't know. Like, I really care about that. And then it's a three-issue arc about him, and I was like, okay, you can say. <laughs> um, but it's so it's so good because it studies Reed, and it studies the personality of Reed and, and who Reed is, and, like, the action. There's the action there, but, like, why he, like, functions with his family. Like, family is his core. It's not science. It's not logic. Like, you think that, like, he'll just kind of completely... That's the whole point of this particular arc is the fact that, like, you think that Reed's main function in life is always going to be science and logic. And he gives up all of that for his family. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the Fantastic Four is who he 
will will just give up everything for. Yeah. Um, and that that is the core of Reed. Like science and all of that, like he's so smart and all of that stuff will always be a part of his character. But at the end of the day, he would sacrifice all of it for for his kids, for his wife, for his brother-in-law, and for his best friend. Yeah. So um, so at the end of the Secret Wars run, um mm-hmm. He, Sue, Valeria, and Franklin leave right. because they're basically gonna go like fix the universe. Right. <laughs> some stuff happened. <laughs> so We're some, put it back. Some crazy stuff happened, yeah. and they're gonna go fix it. Yeah. Um. Do you like what? What? What is your vision? Because obviously they have to bring them back at some point. They I have know. to bring them back. Like it's crazy that they just dropped it, but they have to bring them back. Do you have any kind of like what you would want to see? Like either see them having their adventures in space fixing everything or would you want them to like come back i think it's more interesting to see them come back Mm -hmm. and see how they fit back into the world after they've been like after they've been gods for so long and after they've been like fixing everything Mm -hmm. for so long like to come back down to mortal world essentially Mm -hmm. and like live life is so fascinating to me. Like, what were your adventures? Like, <laughs> I don't want to necessarily see what they did. I want to hear the after effect, like the fallout, like you were talking about mm-hmm. the, like all of the action stuff as, as it plays out into the, like, you know, the hanging out and the like, all right, well, all of these things. And because now all like they went around and fixed the multiverse, but now everything is their problem too. And so mm-hmm. like you fixed it. I want to see it go wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. It inevitably will. <laughs> Um, and then my last question, which is basically kind of you've talked about it the whole uh, episode, but what is it about Reed that you just like you you not I don't want to say yearn for him, but like you just yeah. love him so much as that, a like, character. Like what him. what are you drawn to specifically about Reed? I think I think with Reed, there's this amazing monologue that he he gives uh, in the Mark Wade run that really like set up and and, like helped me understand Reed's character for like the rest of the time. And it's, he like, he's putting Valeria down to sleep and he's kind of telling her a bedtime story about this, this man. And he's like this brilliant man. And then he thinks about it. He's this smart man. He's like this very foolish, selfish man who Mm. brought his family up into this space station and wasn't smart enough for this. And, you know, he, he made, he gave them outlandish names so that the world could see how amazing they are. Like the world wouldn't accept them and would think that they were crazy unless he made them like ridiculous, unless he like eased the world into these people that he loves. And it's it's the thing that draws me to read is this responsibility and this like this caregiver aspect that he is. Like he's such a caregiver. Like at the end of the day, he's a Hufflepuff. Um, <laughs> He could be, maybe he's a Ravenclaw. I understand, I understand. But like the loyalty that he feels and the responsibility. Um, and it and it comes out like, I love that he's flawed. I love that he is screwed up and makes terrible choices sometimes. And are, knows it. And knows it and owns up to it and has people around him. Like he could leave, like he could leave his family because his family does not take his crap. Like at no point he'll he'll say something and then Sue's like, well that was dumb. <laughs> like no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to leave your family behind for this. Yeah, true um, love. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and also just his sense of adventure. Like the the team the team is fine. The team is fine on their own. Like on their own, Johnny'd be fine fixing cars, and Ben would be fine. Like you know, living his life, playing baseball if he could still play baseball or like whatever. And and Sue would be fine being a mom. But at the end of the day. They all rally behind Reed to like go on whatever adventure that Reed wants to go on for for the cause of science, for the cause of whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something amazingly beautiful in that aspect as well of like he's just this adventurer that he wants the people that he loves to come with. Um, yeah. And so it's just he's just a very empath- empathetic character. Um, he loves his family and and he is haunted by the responsibility that it's his fault. That is fascinating (laughs) because like in my head I always just pictured him as this like really smart guy I always knew that he really cared about his family but I I didn't know the depths or of of him yeah um and so yeah that is that is very fascinating and I have like a whole new respect for him because of that (laughs) like it's just amazing 
Thank yeah. you so much. Thank for... you for letting me talk about Reed Richards. <laughs> no one will let me talk about him, and I love him so much. Um, Megan, where where can people find you and the stuff that you're doing? You have your own podcast, which we I mentioned do. at the top. Wine and Comics, um, which we are, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter, at Wine and Comics. Um, we, I uh, am also on Twitter myself as uh, at MegFitz89, F-I-T-Z-8-9. Um, yeah, and I, I, I work on uh, a whole bunch of different things. So just follow me along there and see, <laughs> see what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And that was Megan Fitzmartin joining me on my show. I really like that interview because I got to learn a whole lot about Reed Richards, but it also changed my perspective about him because I thought he was just an asshole and that was all. But no, he actually really cares about a lot of people and it kind of drives his decision making, which is really great. I like that. So thank you, Megan Fitzmartin of the Wine and Comics podcast for doing my show. So yeah, make sure you go to the guest page on the website if you want to check out uh, you know, her Twitter and everything, her show. All the links will be on her guest page of the website, which is interviewacomicnerd.com. Yeah, I know that everything is worded a little bit different everywhere. I can't help it. I have to be a complicated person. So yeah, we're doing the business now. Um, interviewacomicnerd.com is the website where you can uh, join in on any discussion that's happening there. Each episode has its own discussion thread. Post in there if you liked, didn't like, or have any kind of information that we didn't talk about or that you want to correct. Put it all in there. Or if you just want to yell at me shorthandedly, you can go on Twitter at interviewanerd. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. If you want to follow me, I guess you can. That's on Twitter and Instagram at C, And that's the show. Yeah, I don't have anything else for you. I'm so sorry, but that's that's it. Thank you for listening. Hey, one more thing. If you want to help out the show a little bit, go on iTunes and do a little review. Do a little clicky clacky on your little keyboard there and give me some ratings. It'll help me out, and it'll get the show a little bit out there. I know Germany's listening. I see you. I know uh, Turkey just joined on. Thank you, Turkey. Malaysia. Hi, Malaysia. I see you guys. I see you listening to me. We'll go on on iTunes and, and tell everyone else how lovely it is. And share it. If you like what I'm doing, share it. Share the wealth. Okay, anyway, I, I'm I'm done. I, I get so awkward talking about this stuff and, and trying to get people... Ugh, ugh, ugh. All right, my little pupas. You guys stay lovely, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next time. Bye.